I'm Alex Coughlin of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the captain of the LA Dojo. You're listening to Wrestle In. Hi everyone and welcome to Choco Cast, your little bit of audible happiness here on the Wrestle In Network. Be sure to subscribe for more from us as well as a host of other shows like On the Indies, Ocean Cyclone Show, Ace Techers, All Elite Listening and Total Non-Stop Talking. And sign up to our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month to get early access to the shows and interviews as well as exclusive content both audio and visual. Just a dollar a month from patreon.com forward slash wrestle in. Well, we're here in February 2024, getting into the crux of the year. There's been a bit happening. It's been, I don't want to say a quiet month for Gatto Move, but, you know, they're not doing as many shows as they may be used to every weekend, but there's still plenty to talk about, plenty to jump in on. And my partner in crime, as is always the case here on ChocoCast, is Window Jeff. How are you going, my good man? Hey, what's going on? Pretty good, pretty good. Just, uh... Trying to survive through the uh, Valentine's Day-ness, wondering what's going to happen, you know, seeing who's going to give me chocolate, who's not going to give me chocolate. If anybody's so, going to give me chocolate, the convenience store will probably give me chocolate if I trade the money for it. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's that's always a fun thing. So that's Is that little Jeffy in love? With chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Only fitting. We're on Choco Cast. If you're apathetic towards chocolate, it really wouldn't make a lot of sense. What is your go-to Japanese chocolate? Um, well, for me, I I generally like uh, bitter chocolate, so I like dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go with almost any dark chocolate. But uh, oh, you know what? I like, and it's also got quite the cute name. Uh, yeah, so any dark chocolate, as long as it's not like 95% and above, that's just ridiculous. But like, it's cruel. Yeah, it's just like, but if you got like that 80% or 70 something percent, and interestingly in Japan, they often put the percentage like right there, which mm. I don't see as often in the States, or at least I I did it 10 years ago or whatever when I was living in the States. Maybe they do now. <laughs> but uh, Japan is quite like, hey, it's this percent. Even like regular basic like chocolate at the store, like Meiji chocolate will have like if it's like a 90 percent or whatever. Mm. But um, so dark chocolate, basic, basic, just dark chocolate is my favorite. But um, in the winter and it's only in the winter, apparently. And I, and I found this out because I was trying to look for some to mail home to some of my cousins. I want to for the kids. I wanted to mail them. Uh, some Japanese snacks because some of them are interested in anime and Japanese pop culture and Japanese snacks and all that stuff. So it's like, oh, I'll just send a little care package from Japan. And uh, one of the first things I wanted to send was like, let me think of things that they don't get in America. And they have this little chocolate called Melty Kiss. So that's mm. such a good name, Melty Kiss. Yep. And there's a couple different flavors. I like the the darker chocolate one, but they've got like strawberry inside it's like it's kind of like a it's a little chocolate they're little cubes and they have like a light dusting of cocoa powder on them and then on the inside there might be like a strawberry taste filling or a pistachio the pistachio one's pretty good it's a limited one um uh the dark chocolate whatever whatever right um but they only sell it in winter time they only sell it in winter time for some reason uh which i had no idea until i wanted to buy some in like the spring and summer and couldn't find it anywhere i checked so many shops like where is this? This thing was so good. I remember eating it and it was delicious. And there's no way this product has been discontinued. Like in pot. And then somebody told me, no, 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 it's only available in winter. I was like, huh? Why? Why would you make a chocolate only available in winter? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like just went not Valentine's Day, but winter. Like it kind of makes sense care. to me because like you look at the Easter egg chocolate, and I, I have this theory. It's it's not backed by science, it's backed by my own opinions. 
Easter egg chocolate. Completely, completely valid. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm a scientist. Uh, We're talking about other doctors later on on this show. Um, Chocolate that is in the shape of an Easter egg is better than the equivalent level of chocolate in a chocolate bar. There's something about the shape of the egg which I think unlocks like an extra 5 to 10% of taste. That is my opinion. I love Easter egg chocolate and I will die on that hill. I don't know. You you're talking about like the one you're talking about like those like kinder eggs with like where like it's no, like no, no. it's like a that thin shell one. that's surrounding like a toy then it's illegal in America because apparently Americans are too stupid and they expect that we're just going to be like oh egg and just jam the whole thing in our face and then end up eating the plastic capsule and toy and choke on it at the same like for one if you're able to somehow swallow that you'll probably get it down. I think it's probably <laughs> going to stop itself before it becomes a choking hazard. And if you're able to get it to that point, you're probably a beast and can handle it. I'm just saying. Like, that is ridiculous. I'm uh, thinking yeah. the bigger Easter egg chocolates, you know. It's sort of, yeah, I think there's something about the shaping of it which just unlocks a bit of extra taste. Um, I always look forward to Easter. Like, I'm a chocolate fiend anyways, but Easter just is a dangerous period for my health watch. Like, I make sure I never go to a doctor for a health check around Easter because it's just giving myself an unfair, uh, not a yeah. disadvantage. Easter. I remember when I was a child. Uh, so we're, we never. We, so we, I remember we were like, "Oh, we want to hunt the Easter eggs and do this thing." And and our mom was like, "All right, we'll we'll do that." And we're like <laughs> seven or eight or maybe six. We were very young, maybe six. But um, so she hid all the little eggs around the house. You know, not the. the I don't remember if they were real eggs or plastic eggs with them. They might have been the real colored eggs. I think actually, now that mm. I think about it. Um, and she hid them all around the house and stuff like that. And then me and my brother were collecting them and, you know, comp- competing to see and get the most eggs or whatever. And uh, I remember it was towards the end and we had about this like same equal number of eggs somehow. Oh, I'm an identical twin, my twin brother, by the way. And um, there was apparently our mom was like, oh, there's one more egg somewhere. And we're like, we couldn't find it. We're turning the house upside down. And so she finally said, like, it's under the bookcase in my room, you know, because we had lots of bookcases in our house with tons of books, which I think is an old thing because i don't think these days bookcases are, are as popular because everybody just has like ebooks now i guess but like i guess you go to your grandma's house and you'll see what a bookcase is right but um i mean we had tons of books so we would always read books as kids because you know we didn't have the internet but <laughs> but yeah so we're running and running to get to this uh you know our house isn't that big but i'm very small and a six-year-old me is even smaller so a hallway is like a a, a sprint uh, so we're sprinting to get to this, our mom's bedroom to get to this thing. And I was in front of my brother and he pushed me from behind as we were getting up towards this bookcase, heavy wood bookcase. This is before Ikea furniture was a big thing, right? This is like heavy wood bought at the thrift store. That's like going to outlive you and your kids and their kids. And you're going to pass it down to generations type bookcase. Well, I went head first into that bookcase, busted my head wide open I'm laying on the ground. I still have a giant scar. I don't know if you let me shine the light a little bit. You see this big scar right here on my forehead? It's a bit of a Harry Potter scar, I can say. I got a giant like scar across my forehead. Yeah, that's because of that. When my brother, when we're six years old, he shoves me head first in a bookcase. I bust my head open. Of course, that means I also didn't get the Easter egg. He gets the (laughs) Easter egg. He's literally like dancing over me in victory as blood is just pouring out of my head. And then my mom's wondering what's going on. And I'm just laying there on the ground, like half dead. They get me to the hospital and I end up getting like seven or 14. I don't remember seven or 14, maybe 
14 stitches in my head. Like I had a massive head wound and to this day a scar. But the funny thing is my identical twin brother now has an identical scar in his forehead from when we were uh, maybe like two years later, we were doing like an open house in the school. And at this point, uh, schools, were, the schools was like, it was an like old school and had these old, like um, the old style paper towel dispensers with like this jagged edges along the bottom, you know, cause like this yeah. school was probably built in like the 1970s, you know what I mean? And so it had like mm. this jagged edge that you would just like cut the, the paper towel on. It wasn't these nice plastic ones that they have now. It was just metal, like industrial, like with the, edges out front no safety at all and my brother was running around and he went to go like we were playing tag or something he went to like cut cut a tight turn in the bathroom and wham his head went straight into that and now he has this identical scar right here on his forehead it's like what are the chances anyway so that's the universe decided you had to be true twins i'm guessing I'm guessing this was the last time your mum did the Easter egg. We didn't do thing. Easter for several years after that. I don't. Think, <laughs> we did not do eggs for several years. Yeah, I'm I think she's an excuse. She's like, "Sweet, I'm gonna hold this against them. I don't have to buy all this freaking candy. That I don't want to give them anyway because they're already too hyper." So, like, <laughs> I think she was like quite secretly happy that it happened. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm an only child, so I don't have like the stories of like siblings pushing me into bookshelves uh but i did manage to give myself my own head wound as a kid when i decided to jump into a bean bag that was next to like a bean bags notoriously dangerous and uh not soft at all oh yeah you know i jumped head first into the the bean bag and you know my aim was perfect and i instead jumped head first into the vase so yeah I, i'm not i was not the smartest as a kid and that probably knocked a few more brain cells out of me um explains a lot about the current day <laughs> but yeah, actually, you know, man, I, thought, I was like i was hoping like i hope the beanbag just didn't feel like completely like and then you went to the floor no but, like, i think i was just a bad all together yeah just a bad aim <laughs> um so now here, but, we, here we both are uh brain damage uh <laughs> still there somehow yeah, I'm still there in spirit <laughs> Back to the chocolate. I, I have to mention the melty kiss because I googled real quick about the and listen to this beautiful marketing uh, marketing yeah. tag they've got here. Melty kiss. Are they kiss. sponsoring they, us first up? Are they sponsoring us for this? They sponsor. Yeah, it's Valentine's coming up. They they sponsor love in Japan. Who knows? Um, melty kiss is a seasonal chocolate product that was launched in 1992 to represent the tranquility of winter by creating chocolate as smooth as snow. And I will say, this chocolate is smooth. It is like so soft and smooth. I'm like, this thing is awesome. Hershey's is trash, literal trash. And I'm from Pennsylvania, and Hershey's is trash. I, I don't mean to bag down on America, but yes, I've had Hershey's before. It's terrible. No, that, that's it's, not real chocolate. Hershey's is a chocolate that people ate like, you know, like 100 years ago when they were hmm. too poor to actually have good chocolate. It was a wartime chocolate, wasn't it? That's how it got I, I imagine it must have been included. Actually, I believe back in like the day in like World War One, World War Two, I think they would like airdrop Hershey's in, hmm. um, you know, to win the hearts and minds, I guess, at the time. Or maybe they're trying to poison the Nazis. I don't know. Maybe that chocolate's pretty bad. If that's all the Nazis had to eat, they'd probably get so depressed. Like, oh, my God, this chocolate's so terrible. I just, I'm going home. Maybe that was the case. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it was maybe inspirational like, for the Allies, really, but sure. It, it really, I think it really helped American, like, uh, soft power back mm. in the day and really, like, uh, showing our allies that we were supporting them and airdropping in a bunch of chocolate. You know, hey, why not? 
I mean, you know, wartime it's better than bombs. <laughs> well, a bit of both, I think, in these days. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we got plenty of it. It's kind of like a bit of a time-honored tradition because down here in Australia, we have Anzac biscuits, which were made during World War One for you know the Australians to kind of eat when they're away and so have their little bit of a tasty treat. Those things are hard as anything, but they are kind of beloved down here because of the connotations. I guess it's kind of a similar thing, just less chocolatey and more biscuity. Yeah, so I Googled, and uh, yeah, during World War II, the bulk of Hershey's chocolate was exclusively produced for the U.S. military and distributed to troops around the world. And Oh, yeah, I've actually heard about this one. Hershey's created the Tropical Bar in 1943 to be distributed to troops in the Pacific Theater, which is Japan, mm. uh, Okinawa uh, area. Uh, it, was, it weighed four ounces and was crafted to withstand extreme heat. I remember hearing apparently it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> I remember hearing like it was so bad and the troops at the time in, and even in occupation times, they would like try to trade, like we'll trade you these like 10 chocolate bars for whatever this one regular food. And they would like use it as like a currency. That's uh, really interesting. But you know, I never got Hershey's chocolates in my MREs, but we did have uh, M&Ms in some MRE mm. packs when I was in a, when I was in Iraq, we had some M&Ms uh, depends on which, which, which uh MRE you got, but you know, I mean that's an improvement. The truth yeah, is mean, usually really old and like you'd eat it and they're like, you know, like when those like the MM gets a little bit old and it's like the chocolate starts to start becoming a little more whitish in color. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, or maybe you've yeah. never eaten an old MM because you didn't have to eat an old MM in the middle of 126 degree heat in, in Iraq. So uh you just saw it like I'm not eating this crap. For me it was like oh the mana of the gods this three year old MM <laughs> <laughs> I, I have uh, made the punt. I've looked at chocolate before going, oh, it is past its use by date, clearly. You know, it's more white than dark, and it's not a white chocolate piece. But it's like, eh, it's yeah, chocolate. Let's not get into the whole Best Buy debate and manufacturers trying to screw people out of their money. No, I'm just kidding. We're on a hell of a tangent. Way to start Choco Pro. No, no, no. But people can't complain the... because it's a Choco Pro wrestling, and we're talking about chocolate. Like, it's exactly. on top of what, what's the first part of this podcast name? Choco Cast. Choco, and I'm exactly. sure there's someone who's clicked and we're on talking this about it professionally, before. so it works. I'm sure someone's clicked on this podcast before thinking, oh, this must be a podcast about chocolate <laughs> and being incredibly confused. Not this episode. This month they're like, ah, this is my home base, and now they're going to get confused because we're going to talk <laughs> we should about do, We should start doing a chocolate fact of the day for every – or chocolate fact of the podcast, and every every podcast will open with a chocolate fact. That sounds like a job for you, like my good man. Today's chocolate fact was that beautiful chocolate fact about Hershey's uh, during World War II being uh, basically the main push of the war effort. Actually, I bet for the company, it was probably a sweet, sweet contract. They probably oh, yeah. made a ton of money off of that, which sets them up for success forever. You know, one could argue, you know, it's probably not that fair, but... <laughs> I, I, they would argue that it was fair because they. But it's interesting because they, they had to create a special chocolate that was designed to to not melt so easily mm. in the heat. You know what I mean? So like, you know, it's kind of interesting. Can't be having a speak. melty kiss now. See, I'm bringing melty it back. So good, so good. I'm pretty sure melty kisses don't actually melt that easily though. That's kind of the the joke to the name, isn't it? 
Or am I thinking of a different Japanese chocolate? I think it melts in your mouth a bit. Like it's very soft. It's very mm. smooth. Like Melty Kiss is good. Like if I any like of you out there listening, and people always think about like Japanese Kit Kats and this, that, and the other. And I'm telling you what, that Melty Kiss is pretty nice. Um, I would recommend importing some if I was if I was out there curious about Japanese chocolate. They have a variety of flavors, but I like the basic chocolate one because I'm not super huge into a lot of the like fake flavors like i love a strawberry mm. but like strawberry chocolate is like it's not a strawberry it's like artificially strawberry flavored you know what i mean and it's like yeah i don't know those things usually don't they're not usually that great i mean japanese ones are probably usually better than other countries versions but you know because japan doesn't do something if they don't know how to do it right like that's mm. the japanese thing like it's like japan and germany they're like we're gonna put effort into doing this the best like you know like they're both known for this super 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 attention to detail right um which hey i appreciate it <laughs> yeah, melty kisses definitely recommend uh and if you are doing the fancy japanese kit kats get the sake kit kat they're good they're good oh i got some of those from uh, one of my friends uh back in the day yeah mm. yeah I, I was trying to look for the the kit kat they used to have one in shibuya but the that one's closed so there there's kit kat stores but there's a few where you can like make your own kit kat yeah. um at the, the the high level ones like there's a, just a couple of them around tokyo now there used to be one in shibuya uh in uh, uh what was it uh whatever i forget the name it doesn't matter um the park had one in shibuya but um yeah you can go there and make your own kit kats and all that uh it's a little expensive outside my price range so i've never done it before uh, but it feels like a touristy thing yeah, with Valentine's Day coming up, I would actually well in Japan on Valentine's Day I, I shouldn't buy chocolate for anyone because you know it's reverse. People are supposed to buy you chocolate, mm. uh, or rather, girls are supposed to give guys chocolate. Apparently, right? And then uh, White Day, the reverse. Yeah, White Day a month later on March fourteenth, we give back. Uh, if if a girl gave you chocolate on Valentine's fourteenth or just February fourteenth, you should give them chocolate back on March fourteenth, and it should be a little bit better or more expensive than what they gave you, right? Yeah, I really so, like that because, like, as the guy, there's no pressure on you to set the standard. Mm, yeah. You don't have to sort of say, oh, I'm buying you chocolate. I know there's, like, friendship chocolate and then... Yeah, the there's the giddy giddy chocolate. There's, like, the friendship chocolate and the responsive, like, or, or responsibility chocolate. Mm. Then there's the I love you type chocolate. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of sometimes of, of uncertainty on which one you got. There shouldn't be because you should essentially know the relationship. And you can usually test it by, like... Um, the amount like for example i got some chocolate from uh one of my friends uh takanashi uh, she's a darejo uh, trainee actually um so she gave me some and she was actually asking me she's very kind and she asked me like which type of chocolate i like bitter or milk beforehand so i was oh yeah i like bitter chocolate she said, okay 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 mm -hmm. she also likes bitter chocolate um so she gave me one and it's just like for since we're friends mm -hmm. it was just a small like two piece so like a two piece or three piece like a small one like that is really good for friends um, whereas if it's something like one year I made a mistake. I remember when I first, when I was a university student out here, a girl that I know, uh, I still, we're still, we're still good friends to this day. Um, she's a flight attendant for JAL now. Uh, her name is Risako. And, um, she gave me chocolate. She made like, it was all homemade stuff. Like she homemade chocolate chip cookies and oh, wow. homemade chocolate and a homemade brownie. And it was in like a little nice homemade packaging with little like, like label like it was really nice like it was great and i was like oh and i i thought it was like friendship chocolate and i didn't realize like you know and i was like didn't realize that she put a little bit more effort into mm. it than 
than normal like friendship chocolate, which would have been like just as something bought from the store, you know, for like a thousand yen. And uh, so I, I might have met, messed that up, <laughs> but uh, it's fine, uh, you know. <laughs> we'll end it on the heartbreak there. Yeah. Um, 20, 20 minutes of chocolate discussion. That's not bad. Um, but yeah, the big news coming out of this month in Choco Pro uh, and Gato Moon specifically is the return of the GoGo Green Curry Cobb Kun Cup, which is a one night tag team tournament which get move have been running on and off for a while now uh if you're not 100 sure of what the show is my best recommendation is go on to the ghetto move youtube web page because they did a couple of watch alongs they did the uh 2015 and 2016 editions so if you want to get an idea of what they're like I definitely recommend going and checking them out if for no other reason than seeing some uh classic wrestlers in unique situations so uh 2015 uh, was won by madoka who is now known as shinohagane and Mizuki, and that's the same Mizuki that is now a former Princess Princess Champion in TJPW. Also known as Mizuki. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she was in TJPW. Uh, Mizuki, now known TJ. as Mizuki. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was in uh, Ghetto Move. That's where she sort of really began to get going. So it's kind of cool to go back and see her in that situation. And in 2016... I probably actually, I won't say it because if you do go and watch the shows, I'm just literally spoiling it for you. So yeah, I'll, I'll pull back. But Yeah, yeah, pull back on that. That's a good thing. Actually, yeah. speaking of watching them, um, for, for folks, if they'd like, um, this, in the lead up to this uh, newest uh, Copkin Cup, uh, the best bros have been doing a lot of watch-alongs and looking back at the old ones. So if you go to Gato Move uh, Choco Pro's YouTube channel, mm -hmm. you could see previous Copkin Cups doing uh, watch-alongs with the best bros, uh, mm. which would be really fun as they're kind of getting motivated into to, to do the to do the thing and kick some butt in this year's mixed tag. So, yeah. Um, yeah. See, see if they, as the tag champs, can go all the way. Um, yeah. Give you a quick breakdown of the brackets. Um, first round matchups is Kung Fu Panda, which features Chao Shiru and Yone Yamako Lee, totally not Kaori Yoneyama. Uh, they have a first round bye. And then the first match is Obahiro Shokoku uh, Sohoten, which is Sohoten. Thank you. Sohoten. Uh, this is really testing my uh, ability to not read Japanese, but read the interpretations of Japanese, which of course features Sayaka Obahiro and Minoru Fujita. Uh, they are facing the best bros. I know how to say that, uh, which is Meisuruga and Balin Aki. Best bros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try and do the fake Japanese accent because. I'll probably just make things far worse than I am just by mispronouncing words. Uh, and then the other first round matchup is between Justified Violence, which is Sayaka and Soadi Kamen facing, and I just need to take a breath here for this one. Do you remember the ninja choke from that day? And then we became around 100 years old, which is Tokiko Kirahara and <laughs> Shichiro Katsuma. Uh, Katsuma. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I should be getting you to read these out. And the other, team with, the other team with the first round uh, by is Hyakin Thunders, which is Emi Sakura and Masa Takanashi. So it's all happening on one night, which is very exciting. Uh, what we The other cool thing surrounding this tournament is they're not just running a tournament. They've actually been lead up to it just to get a bit of excitement going on their Twitter or on their X. Uh, they've been basically getting a competition going. And so you as fans, I say you now, like 
you've missed the boat if you wanted to take part, but uh, you were able to take part and make your own predictions. And the winner would get a few different cool things like a, ce a celebratory video. They'd get like some photo data. And if you're in the country, you can also get a photo with the winning team or just a signed photo of the uh, eventual winners. I think this is a really cool concept. It's something yeah. I'd love to see them do even more because like, it doesn't cost them that much. Like the prizes they're offering, it's not like an you know, expensive thing that they have to fork out for. It's a cool little thing for fans to compete in, have some fun with, and maybe get some cool stuff out of. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, But it's it's interesting, right? Because there's a prize in the line, it makes you start to really think about it a lot sure. more. And you're mm. like, because for me, I'm just whatever. I, 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 I'm, I'm bidding or I'm voting with my heart and who I want. Well, I don't know, a little bit and yes and no. I, I you know, I, I've got to root for my best pros. But like, yeah, yeah. you know, some people are thinking quite strategically and really putting a lot of thought into it. And they're maybe, maybe they're uh, putting their Booker hat on a little too much <laughs> and saying like, well, I think this is gonna happen because of this and that and this and that. And that's fun too, as wrestling fans, we always love to do that. Um, so it, 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 it's it's fun seeing some of the different choices people have been making mm. and where they're at in, in it. Um, I know for me, my predictions are probably, I pick the most obvious, simple predictions that you could possibly do, other than the fact of maybe one of my first round matches. Mm -hmm. um, I could see people maybe thinking that maybe the other team might be the, the, the favorite for that match but I had to go with them, but I'll get into my choices later. But yeah, it's really fun seeing what everybody's choosing. Like I've been yeah. like on Twitter and seeing like, okay, let's see what are the Japanese fans choosing? What are the American fan, Western fans choosing? Are they similar? I've been talking to some of the Chaco pro fan, even at the, at, I was at uh Cielo local bar that uh, Sayaka uh, does her events at, uh, you know, quarterly or maybe biannually these days. And, um, one of the other regular Choco Pro fans is is there quite often, uh, Ken or Kenichi. Um, it's cool. So we have our bottles, like our own individual bottles at the bar. And his bottle, that it's apparently been one of the longest. He's He's been having a bottle at this bar for like 10 years or something like that. Uh, this bottle, his bottle has a, a drawing of uh, Riho on it, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it has Riho on one side and Saki on the other, like drawn on the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, nice. But um, yeah, like he was telling me his picks and we were like talking about it and discussing it and like thinking about, well, why are we choosing this? And so it's really fun to be able to have those conversations, you know, it's, it's, it gets you more excited for the, for the tournament. Did you feel compelled being there and, you know, one of Sayaka's homes, did you feel compelled to maybe give Justified Violence a bit of a leg up in the tournament? When oh, no, I completely there? immediately chose them to lose in their first match. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did think about that. I was like... Oh man, you know, I, 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 but you know, at the same time, you know, I'm also, have you seen Sayaka's got a new uh, keychain that is the little be, Game Boy? Yeah, the little Game Boy. It's going to be on sale for the first time at the, at the tournament. Um, and then after that, of course, online. Mm. Uh, so when anyone's listening to this, it'll be already on sale for sure. Um, but it's pretty cool. Like it's, it's a pretty cool little keychain. And for me, I'm super into retro games. So I'm like, yep, I'm buying that right away. And since it, I it, hit the nostalgia it. heartstrings very quickly for me. Oh, absolutely. I just have to figure out a way to like hang it off of the bottom of my little retro game device. Mm. But um, I, I mean, you got it. I mean, how could you not vote for the team? Wait for it named. Do you remember the ninja choke from that day? And then we became around 100 years old. That is the best. I mean, like that is literally the best tag team name I've ever heard in my entire life. 
and they've been doing training montage videos on the lead up as they're as they've been training to choke on each other. <laughs> you you say it's the best name as someone who had to read it out loud and as someone who thinks from you know having to write articles and stuff. I think it's the worst because it's such a long name. I they need to we need to sort of cut it down into something uh just choke or ninja choke or something. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just shorthanding it to Ninja Choke, but I, yeah. I prefer the full name, personally. I nearly was going to have them knocked out in the first round just so I didn't have to write it in my predictions. I did the opposite. I picked them to win in the first round just because I wanted to write it in my predictions. Should, did you have them going all the way? No, I didn't. I, I oh. Actually, so uh, Kenichi, Ken, uh, he did. He had them oh. going all, he, he has them going all the way and winning. He thinks, he, he thinks they're going to be a dark horse candidate to win. Uh, Partially because uh, Katsumura is uh, right now, I think he might be a Gaon Pro uh, tag champion. And mm -hmm. I, I felt they might win too because I, I could see um, Masa wanting to face off against him in the second round. Yeah. Uh, so that's that that also played a lot into 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 my thoughts of, of them moving forward uh, in the tournament is to to get Masa and, and him ac across the ring from each other. Um, which would be really fun. So I, I definitely sense. voted for them uh, to go on. Although it's tough voting against Sayaka because Sayaka's been really on a uh, – she's been on a bit of a tear recently. She's She's been getting some wins and mm. has a bit of momentum. I think more mo – I think Sayaka has more momentum than Otoki going into the tournament. Um, but, you know, they both have some good momentum behind them. Yeah. So so let's hear it then. What are your predictions? What What did you vote for? Yeah, so I voted for. Well, let me open up the. Let me open up the brackets. All right, so um, in the first first match was Best Bros versus. Wait, what was it? Let me see. Well, I got Best Bros winning the first match. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is the it, which I think is the first. I think it was Best Bros versus. Uh, oh, Best Bros versus Obi uh, uh, Obihiro Shokudo Sohan Ten. It, that that's the the first match. Uh, and I have Best Bros winning that one. Mm -hmm. The second first round match was Justified Violence or is Justified Violence versus Do You Remember the Ninja Choke from That Day? And then we became around 100 years old. And I have Do You Remember the Ninja Choke from That Day? And then we became around 100 years old winning that one. What about you? What are your first round picks? Okay, so I'm going to be really boring because I've actually got the same picks. I've got Best Bros beating Sayaka and Minoru Fujita. And I had... Um, do you remember the ninja check from that day? And then we became around 100 years old, uh, defeating justified violence. So we've both right, got cool. the so same, both the same page match. for the yeah. first round. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it's hard to vote against the best bros. I mean, mm. anything can happen. And I do know some folks that are absolutely like, you know, of the mind. And it, it, it's one of those things like best bros, they either have to win it all because they're the champs and they're, they're strong champions. They either have to win it all uh, or they have to lose somehow and, you know, losing early does make sense, you know, because it gets it out of the way. And then people, because if Best Bros are in the tournament, I think everyone's just going to be like, oh, Best Bros are going to win. Best Bros yeah. are going to win. Best Bros are going to win. But if Be Best Bros somehow lose or some something happens, like my thought is like, well, maybe like you might have like Yakin Thunders attacking Best Bros in their match or something, something like that to cause them to lose. And now you've got a wide open playing field and who knows what's going to happen, right? So, and, and, and also the fact is like, you know, the winner of this tournament has a great chance that, you know, it's like, hey, look, we're challenging best bros for mm. the, the championships. So um, that's a built-in story right there. Or whoever beats them has a challenge, you know, or yeah. you, you could be 
more than one challenger. But if they Plus win, the it's not as interesting. What are you going to do after that? We've dominated everybody. We're the best. There's Clearly nothing. waiting for cheer you know, to you know get healthy I mean? and make the challenge. Yeah, um, so I know a lot of people thing... are thinking that. But still, even knowing that, even yeah. knowing that story-wise it makes sense for best bros to not win, it's still hard to root against the best bros. <laughs> It is. One thing that I didn't realize that, that immediately it was one of those things I just wasn't thinking. When I put in the prediction, I'm like, oh, yeah, best bros, I reckon they'll win them. You know, I feel like they're going to probably make the finals or something. And then I was remembering what had happened at recent Choco Pros. I forgot these two teams have fought very recently at Choco Pro to a time limit draw. And when I read that, I'm like, oh, that's right. And suddenly, like, I still stayed with Best Bros, but I'm like, that changes things a bit because that's a very nice setup. You mean for, Hot, Hot like, Thunders and Best Bros, you mean? No, no, no. They, I'm pretty sure they oh, fought um, Ob Ob Obahiro and Fujita. Oh, Obahiro and Fujita to a time yeah. job. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. That changes. Like, I still pick Best Bros, but I'm like, that does make me less sure about this match. Mm. Um, but I'd already put in my prediction. i got to stick with my gut. Um, even if my gut proves me wrong. So we've both got the same second round matchups. Um, we have Kung Fu Panda versus Best Bros. And do you remember an joke from that day? And then we became around 100 years old, up against Yuck and Thunders. I have kind of, I think, given away my pick a little bit here, but I've gone for Best Bros winning and Emmy and Massa winning to face off in the finals. What yeah, did you have? I've, I've got exactly the same thing. Um I, I don't know, just something screams like, you know, because like to me, every, you want to see Best Bros versus Hyak and Thunders, right? Mm. I mean, that's the biggest match that can happen in a tournament is yeah. Best Bros versus Hyak and Thunders. Um, you know, it, admittedly, the next the next biggest match that could happen would be, uh, you know, either, well, you know, obviously as a final, because you, you can't have Best Bros versus Kung Fu Panda as a final, but mm. you could have Kung Fu Panda versus Hyak and Thunders as a final. And that could also be quite an exciting uh, final sure. uh, because, you know, Kauri Oniyama uh, and Emi uh, and also Kauri and Masa and then Chon and Ma. Like, so that that's also quite an interesting final. But I think the, uh, you know, so I think either, I definitely see Hyak and Thunders going to the final on that side of the bracket. Mm. Uh, on the other side, you know, I see best bros, but, you know, you could very well see Kung Fu Panda as well. Uh, if it's, you know, those two, uh, if, if our assumptions are, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but yeah, so that, that's what I thought. Best bros versus Yak and Thunders in the final. Um, but you've got who winning? I've got Emmy and Muscle winning this. Okay. I, I got best bros winning, but oh. then like, as I wrote it out, I was like, it makes really no sense for best bros to win it so like I, but my prediction was best bros winning but yep. with the kind of caveat like honestly i could see hyak and thunders winning the tournament instead um you know just because like i said it creates a challenge for the best bros to in the future for the next shows mm. um and and hyak and thunders is definitely going to be a big challenge um but you never know what might happen uh yeah. but those are definitely the two money teams but you never know. Maybe we'll see Ninja Choke go all the way. Like, uh, Just like, to say like the Ken name. Wants. Ken wants Ninja Choke to go all the way. Uh, and I, I think that would be great. I think Nonoka actually, uh, I was looking at some of the, uh, some, of the uh, some of the other predictions. And I think Nonoka predicted a Best Bros versus, um, <clears throat> Best Bros versus uh, Ninja Choke. Oh, excuse me. Best Bros versus. Do you remember the Ninja Choke from that day? And then we became around 100 years old. Uh, final, 
And yeah, that was Nonoka's prediction as the final. And I think she had best bros winning in, in her prediction. And, and I, I remember seeing that and, and it was like, my comment was like, actually, this is, a, this is like the best case scenario. What I would like to see happen more than mm -hmm. anything else would be them, uh, would be that final with best bros winning. Um, very but, bold of Nanoka to pick against the people running Gatto move. She's going to be eating pins for the next couple of years, not picking Emmy and Nasa to go all the way. I, I think she just wanted to uh, have a nice excuse to post uh, a really nice <laughs> three-person selfie of her and the best bros in their like heart sunglasses together. Because yeah. uh, I know she had that picture with it. And I think so it might have all been... Uh, just just an excuse to put that picture up again. <laughs> I will say I felt bad because I put in my prediction. I'm like, okay, cool. And I wasn't sure what to expect from there. And then, like, you know, both Bali and Aki and May Suruga likes it. I think they're liking everyone who was making the predictions. But I felt bad because they're liking it. I'm like, yeah, I'm picking you to lose. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're aware that I don't have any faith in them to win this tournament. But That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. Like, Best Bros winning – is probably the least interesting result that we could have, you know, because then it's like, well, what do we do next? But like at the same time, you know, a lot of people complain about best bros too much as well because they're like, oh, they're too strong or whatever. But like personally, it's like, yeah, they are really strong. But that's because they're really, really good as a team. You know, they're mm -hmm. a great, great, great tag team. So like, I'm happy to see them win. Like I could watch best bros win. I could watch best bros lose. I could watch best bros get a job, a draw, get a job. What get a draw. <laughs> I just want to watch best bros wrestle. You know what I mean? So I'm happy. And if they're defending their belts, that means they're wrestling more. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to, to see best bros as much as possible. Um, they're it's absolutely not unheard teams. of for the tag champions in tag tournaments, not Gato Move specifically, but just something I've noticed in general with a lot of Japanese wrestling. Like your G1s, your five stars, typically the champion doesn't win. But in the tag leagues, I feel like the champions tend to win a bit more regularly. Like it's not mm. unusual for them to go all the way. At the very least make the final, but there's been a few. Uh, Bishamon recently of New Japan, kind of the best example, uh, winning as champions and then kind of nominating the next challenger. Uh, yeah. But they were our predictions. We did do a little bit of research. Uh, obviously, Jeff's on the ground talking to the fans. I have to settle for Twitter tags to sort of look. But just we wanted to see what the other people are thinking, get the vibes. So you've been talking to some people in Japan. Obviously, you had the ninja choke uh, as one prediction. What what What's the feeling in Japan? For the, yeah, the I mean, I, I you know, so of course, Best Bros is, is very strongly supported. Um but Ninja Choke, uh, I thought, had a lot more support than I would have expected, uh, which mm -hmm. is great to see. Um, my friend that I went to watch, the, the or that I'm going to go to watch the show, rather, uh, that I bought tickets with, um, she was thinking, like, she's voting for, who is she? She didn't do the whole bracket stuff because she kind of just, like, uh, actually, I saw her at the Antonio Honda. She came to Antonio Honda's Dicet show and... Uh, I, she's come to me with got to move before and so when you know we're at the antonio honda show it's like oh got to move has a show coming up in a couple of days do you want to come and she's like oh yeah let's go and i was like so i always <laughs> so she's a big antonio honda fan so i can always uh you know i'm just like oh yeah honda has a singles match uh because honda's gonna have a singles match against a giant of a man uh the name's uh, not coming to me with my brain right now um 
but yeah so she's like oh yeah i'll definitely yeah okay i'll come and so she's like okay cool so i i just quickly bought tickets and i showed her like the the teams or whatever and so i think she's rooting for i think she was rooting for sayaka and uh swati common because she likes sayaka if i remember mm. correctly um so she was rooting for them to to win the whole thing um i saw a lot yeah a lot going for uh for otoki uh i think the the thought was this like I know, like I said, the ones I was talking to, the thought was one, it's a combination of one, like best bros can't win because there needs to be a challenger. So mm -hmm. whoever wins could challenge them. And two, uh, they think that uh, Katsumura is very strong and um, it, it's a good chance to be able to have more Katsumura on, uh, you know, having multiple matches, maybe mm -hmm. winning the tournament, doing more uh, because he's uh, really great and really strong and a current champion. Uh, another promotion so maybe it's they're not going to want to have him lose very easily so there was kind of a little bit of this kind of like armchair quarterbacking or like meta thinking behind mm -hmm. some of that um you know best bros have their huge fan contingent so i think best bros are by far the favorite um to win on the japan side shock and thunder is probably number two on the yeah. japan side to win yeah, that feels pretty in line with what I was seeing. Uh, less so with the Ninja Choke, admittedly, but mm. when looking at like the the Twitter votes and stuff, there was a lot for Best Bros. I would say Hyak and Thunders were very close in there; like they weren't far off. Uh, yeah, I'd say Best Bros one, Hyak and two, but it wasn't a big gap. Then there's a decent little jump to Minoru Fujita and Obihiro Sayaka uh, for the third rank. Um, I did see quite a few picks for Justified Violence. I think definitely with Sayaka, she's got a very strong little fan base and they mm. were kind of behind her, um, you know, wanting to see her succeed. So I saw a few for them and then one or two for Kung Fu Panda as well. But, like, it was definitely a clear one and two, a clear number three sort of behind those two and then a couple mm. others sort of picking up the, the trail. But I, I think that makes sense. Like, Best Bros, they have been dominant tag team for a long time now. They're the current champs. And Hyak and Thunders has kind of earned that as well. Like, when, when they team, it's very rare to see them fall short. Yeah, yeah. I've also been seeing a lot of excitement for the Antonio Honda singles match. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are very interested in that match, wanting to see that match. I've been like, like I said, I know people that like, yeah, there's an Antonio Honda singles match. Like, okay, I'm coming to the show then. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's actually quite a lot of excitement for Honda's singles match. And like it, uh, when, when told about it, immediately people are like, oh, like Honda's going to, get destroyed mm. is what people are thinking <laughs> and like oh gambata because his opponent is very very large so they're like oh honda's in trouble <laughs> so everyone wants to see honda uh in this kind of like situation and see what he does and how honda's gonna gonna you know because honda's always just such an interesting person to watch wrestle and mm. he's always up to shenanigans and silliness and but, you know, his shenanigans and silliness versus a serious and very large wrestler, like, what's going to happen? Uh, is he going to continue his shenanigans or is he going to get more serious? Or So people are very curious about how that one's going to play out. We don't like, get too I many Antonio Honda ma singles matches in Gatto Move. So it's, yeah, it's exactly. a, a nice sort of change. You know, often he's in the opening tag stuff. So this gives it a chance to, for him to spread his wings. And, like, I think anytime he's involved in something like that, I'm expecting mm. shenanigans in one way, shape, or form. 
Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. this particular show is happening Monday the 12th of February, which of course has already happened when you're hearing this. We don't know yet at this stage when it will go live on YouTube, but given how they've been recently, it's probably not going to be that long. So, you know, get your predictions in. That obviously would have already happened. But yeah, if you haven't made your predictions, you can make some now. And then when the show goes live, you know, watch along, see how your brackets go. Might be might be their version of March Madness by the time this comes out, which would be a bit of fun, you know, the bracket system uh, for Americans anyways. I'm aware mm. of March Madness, but not super. I don't partake in it being an Australian. Um, but any final thoughts for you? I'm, you're going, as you've mentioned, so another great Gatto move show to look forward to. No, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, I, I, I one thing that I, I'll notice, uh, I noticed is um, I think that they've been doing a really good job of promoting this show, and you can mm. see that they're, they're trying more to, usually with the in-ring shows, they'll be like, oh, we have an in-ring show coming up, and they'll mention it once or twice, or, yeah. or you know, a little bit about it, or maybe they'll talk about it, in, you know, at the end of the YouTube show, they'll, they'll talk about the schedule a little bit, but they don't. I haven't really seen them doing like a very strong sustained like push or marketing or like really trying to get the excitement up for, for something uh, as much as I've seen them doing for this one. Like, mm. I think, like, I think they've done a really good job of, like I said, uh, having the the whole content like, Hey, who do you think's going to win? What, what are your tournament predictions? And the best bros watching, doing live watch alongs of previous cup winners. You had um, Chie and, uh, Chie and uh, Shin and Nonoka doing like introductions to the different teams, like little videos each day. We're going to introduce and talk about one of the teams coming up in the tournament. And, you know, so like they're doing a lot of stuff to mm. get everyone excited and prepared for this tournament. Um, I think the last time they had this tournament was like five years ago or something like that, I think they said. Um, and, you know, it's a mixed tag tournament, which is something that's not done very often comparatively as, you know, in other promotions. So that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I really love what they're doing to prepare everyone for it and get people excited for it. And I hope that they'll – and I think that's really good, too, with the upcoming idea for Corken. I think it's good. You have to start building anticipation for these events. You got to start getting that interest up. Um, and I think they're they're doing a great job of it this time. And I want to see that continuing. I'd like to see them continue doing these kind of pushes uh, for their their in-ring shows to make them feel more special. Because I think they're doing a good job of, of trying to make this one feel special. Like there's, a, it, there's an easy to understand hook. Like, okay, cool. There's a one-day tournament. Those are always fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's got the legacy of, of Got the Move, uh, you know, calling back to its time in Thailand with the really funny and clever name so the cop kun cup because of cop kun in in thai cop kun cop for men or cop kun ka for women but cop kun cop is very similar sound so cop kun is like thank you right cop kun cup so it's like a thank you to the fans in a sense for 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 their watching and then the go go green curry part i think honestly was added in because thai green curry is a thing and the 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 location is Itabashi Green Hall, so it's like Itabashi Green Hall means green curry, baby. Go go green curry. I mean, <laughs> so it caught like, my attention because really I love a good green curry. It's one of my yeah. favorite types of curry. 
But yeah, it's interesting. I absolutely agree with you on the marketing thing. It feels like they've really dialed in their focus and I think to good effect. Hopefully it pays off for them in terms of the attendance. But I would love to see them continue this competition format for future Gatto Move shows because I think it's a very easy way to get engagement, get people excited for shows and especially because these aren't aired live get people hyped for something that's happening, and then you can kind of re-hype them up to see, oh, let's see how your predictions went as we watch the premiere when it comes out maybe a month later. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm. Yeah, hopefully it'll come out sooner than that. But the only negative of it, in a sense of that, is like with people doing it online and, and Twitter and stuff like that, if people are really – if if you're following a lot of the Japanese fans that are that are going to be going to the show – and posting photos, you know, you're you're gonna get things spoiled. So that's yeah. the only one bad thing about the non about the premiere thing. But you know, it is what it is. Um, is that you know people are gonna be posting photos and results and things like that um, fairly quickly uh, after the, the main event. channel does well not spoiling things. Yeah, the main channel that. usually does well try, to try not to. But you know, still, even you'll see like May and them posting about it, right? Like. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, dude, shh, most of your fans haven't seen this. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's half of the course, unfortunately, with the uh, it is. non-live it's just, stuff. It's just, how it, it's just how it has mm. to be. Oh, yeah. It would be too much of a headache to have them try to remember, oh, I can't post about this for the week or two after. and Or, oh, fans can't post about it for a week or two after. How can you control that? And then, mm. you know, so it is what Better it is. Better to just let it happen. And yeah. the people who want to avoid spoilers can. They can they can do their best to do it yeah as long you know because like if may post something or aki post something or obi post something or you know whoever posts something like it's probably gonna be in japanese okay just don't hit that google translate button you'll be all right <laughs> well i mean may had her own issues with google translate earlier in the month but we'll, oh, we'll, did touch, she? On that. we'll touch on that a little bit later just a, a hint for my particular moment of the you month. know what's funny is I was looking at uh, speaking of social media stuff is uh, and I'm going to put a call out there for anyone listening. If you're not following May, so May has a new I think it's a is it Instagram or Twitter? I think I think Twitter. it's the, the, the Twitter. Right. So her Twitter, like a long time ago, it's not new, like a long time ago, her Twitter, like right after her Mexico trip, actually. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was because like she was posting photos of her in the traditional Mexican wear and some weirdo was like cultural appropriation and did i don't know but it was strangely right after the mexico trip um somehow her her profile got like locked or something right which is ridiculous because may has nothing questionable on her profile at all no suggestive photos no like nothing you know um so i don't understand why it got locked but it's still locked so she has to use a backup account her backup account has like i think maybe she has three thousand followers maybe maybe not even and it's funny because i think like if you look up and i was like okay let's check if you look at may versus if you look at like i don't know like i think obihiro has like thirty thousand or something or like eleven thousand or something like that and it's like i'm happy that obi has like eleven thousand but how does may only have three thousand followers like <laughs> yeah. that's insane like may saruga only has three thousand followers on her active twitter that she actually uses so for those of you and I, you know if you're following may keep in mind you might be following the old accounts you might want to look for her new uh, account and follow the proper one and get her twitter numbers back up because i think the old account has like 30 something thousand but the new account only has three thousand, so i don't know what people are doing <laughs> just for people interested in that if you want to follow may's current twitter it is may underscore gtmv 
the number two, which is easy to remember because her original was May underscore GTMV. So mm. basically, just look for that and add the number two. Uh, you'll it's it's her profile picture is just a picture of her, which is a little awkward because her other one is a picture of her as well. Uh, but you you work it out. You know, just check for GTMV two. That'll be the new one. Uh, and yeah, give her a follow. She's currently got three and a half thousand followers. Um, so yeah, let's let's bump up her numbers a bit because uh, she she's a bigger deal than three thousand. Yeah, I, think I say so. with less than four hundred, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I have a terrible. I have a terrible. Tr- I actually have like my Facebook for some reason. I have like a thousand something on Facebook, which I don't mm. even need on Facebook. But it's from back when I used to travel a lot for work in in the states. I end up meeting a lot of people. My Twitter is just purely wrestling stuff, so it doesn't have any of my uh in-person people that i know um but yeah <laughs> sometimes you gotta curate your twitter like that i think anyway in other big news for our choco pro and ghetto move and one that i think is particularly of interest for everyone listening emmy sakura who has been over in japan for a little while now by her standards uh, she will be going back to america at the end of the month it sounds like her last kind of event in japan will be on february 24 doing the darajo project uh, extra um, which you know, you'll be able to watch, I believe, on YouTube. You won't be able to attend unless you're you know, actually training and stuff. But that brings a close to the next sort of the most recent period for Emmy being in Japan, being quite a good one, I thought. Like, I've really enjoyed having her here for yes. what has felt like an extended time. Often she'd come over for a show or two, just a couple of weeks. Yeah, she'll come for like three back. weeks or a month, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. she's been here for a few months now, like a couple, like two months, two, two and a half months, something like that. It's been great to have her back, though. Like you can really sure. see, it's it's really really nice with the crowd. It's it's good for the the wrestlers. Like Darijo has exploded over the last uh, couple months uh, with mm-hmm. Emmy and May both doing it and doing the more serious, uh, like the, the 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 higher level version of Darijo as well. So uh, yeah, it's gonna you know it'll be sad to see her go in some ways, you know, because we yeah. always love having her in Ichigaya, and and there's definitely an energy that she brings to it. Um, but at the same time, it's also cool, uh, when she's not around and seeing that the, the team, you know, I remember the first time she left, like when she first, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Is it going to be all right? And, you know, Mm. I guess, and Masa will handle things and, and, you know, they, the team did great with it. And then you got used to like, she's not here that often. She's mostly gone and they do great without her, but like, um, it's always great when she's here, but at the same time, uh. I'm really excited because I want to see what she does in AEW. I want I want to see Emi Sakura. I honestly want to see Emi Sakura holding an AEW championship. You know, uh, she I feel that she should definitely be in contention for one of those titles over there. Um, if not AEW, then ROH. But really, mm-hmm. I want to see her holding one of the AEW titles, and I think AEW would benefit greatly from it, or at least giving her more, you know, say or control or in training or building matches or stories or something. I think AEW has been sleeping on Emi Sakura for way too long and not utilizing her to even a 10th of her potential, uh, whether in ring or, or, or behind the scenes. So um, hopefully with AEW looking to have an increased push in women's, you know, also I could see, I would love to see AEW getting women's tag titles. You know, that would be nice to see. And I would love to see Emmy, and I fully believe Emmy could be right there in the mix for those if 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 they come out too. I, so, I will say, like, I'm not a hardcore AEW follower. I'm not even really a casual follower, but I, I pay attention to what's going on over there. 
it does feel like they've really turned the corner in how they're utilizing their women's division. It's been a it's been a sore point for quite a pretty much since the uh, promotion began. But just in the last couple of months, it kind of feels like they are giving more attention to the women's division, giving more time, and just kind they're of they're taking the steps. Yeah, yeah, they're not there yet, but they're they're going in the right path. It seems like they're finally listening mm. to people about that and saying, okay, we need to start moving this women's direction, this women's division yeah. in a better direction and start giving them more time. And, you know, I, I can't say whether I agree with who they're highlighting, you know, versus like who I'd like to see them highlight, or if they highlighted these people, oh, I would watch more or whatever, mm. but at least they're highlighting more people or it seems like they're trying to now. So yeah, that's good. And who knows, maybe we get like a little mini dream match that they're signing a certain boss. Um, it's the, the worst kept secret in wrestling at the moment. Maybe we get Mercedes Monet versus Emmy Sucker on a dynamite or a collision. I would definitely tune in, probably be the first time I make a point to watch AEW live if that was. Well, Emmy Sakura, Emmy Sakura is known for giving all of AEW's new champions or new talents. They're basically their best match. Yeah, the litmus <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, she basically, it's like, oh, so-and-so has joined the promotion. Let's put them in the ring against Emmy Sakura and make them look good. Oh, <laughs> so-and-so has won a championship. Let's put them in Emmy Sa against Emmy Sakura and make them look good. You know, so, like, she pretty much has given so – I mean, that's why she's always in, like, the top five mm. match, women's matches of the year in AEW – Oh, look, three of them are Emi Sakura. The top 10. Oh, five of them are Emi Sakura, like every year. So um, you just hope that Tony uh, eventually will realize this. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I could definitely see if that person does get signed. Uh, I imagine knowing, you know, from what I understand about uh, Mercedes Monet, if she does go to AW, I'm pretty sure she would also probably be pushing to want to wrestle Emi Sakura. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's like a match she would definitely have on her short list of, I want to do this, and AEW yeah. can make it happen. I'd also, I yeah, also see her wanting to wrestle Mesa Ruga as well. <laughs> Deonna Perazzo is in AEW now. That would be a great match. Mariah May is wrestling now in AEW. That would be another fantastic match. So hopefully, you know, Emmy's going back. There's a lot of interesting sort of situations they can use in an improved and sort of uh, division that he's getting. I'll tell you what, more. if they start using Emmy more, I'll start watching more because I always watch whenever whenever Emmy's uh, whenever Emmy's got a match. I always watch, so I will they definitely start training. watching more. Not like I care. Not like I matter to their TV ratings at all because I have to watch on a totally legal ways outside of America. Wink, wink, nudge. As a fellow wrestling fan, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, one final thing on the Emmy thing, though, I will say, like, the timing of her t most recent tour, I think it's been really good because, you know, we've talked about in the past couple of episodes, they have had some trouble with injuries and illness and stuff that hit them pretty hard. Having Emmy regularly there yeah. is a very handy thing to have because like, it buoys it up, it gives you an extra guaranteed great match and just gives you options when you're missing people like Miyotsuba, Sayaka for a little bit, Chia Koshikawa. Uh, yeah, if, if Emmy wasn't there, it would have been a particularly difficult hill to be climbing, but it just gives them a, a bit of a life fest just to keep themselves going during that period. So, and Emmy's very... been having killer matches too. Like oh, the, yeah. the last, at the last Got the Move show, it was... Um... That last show was like so many like changes throughout, right? Like there was like literally half of the it was like every match on the card basically there was like a change to. And literally <laughs> it was like insane. Like 
you know, it was like for the CDK, it was like supposed to be like CDK versus Mune Tots and mm. Gaia. Two out of the four wrestlers in that match were unable to wrestle because of, uh, you know, medical things. Uh, you know, so you had like uh, the main event was not able to, like you had like a lot of things that were changed. Mm. And so, you know, you would think, man, going into this is not going to this is this is tough. But like it ended up being an awesome show. And the main event uh, that that was ch changed, obviously, with Emi Sakura uh, changed to Emi from Emi versus Mia to Emi versus Aki versus uh, Tanaka, and mm. that thing was killer. Like you know, Emi has been just putting on performance after performance after performance, and it reminds you, like, man, yeah, wow, it's good to have her in, back in town, right? So there might only be one or two shows left uh, for her current run in Japan. So, I mean, obviously, you'll be checking them out anyways, but make a point to check out Choco Pro on these next couple of weeks before she goes uh, for who knows how long. Like, we, we know she'll be back for August with the uh, Kurokan show. That's almost guaranteed. But we don't yeah. know whether she'll be able to come back much in between. So get your Emmy fill in Choco Pro while you can. Yeah, because uh, it might be a few months. Yeah, exactly. One and person... honestly, I hope it is. Like, I hope it's a couple months. Mm. I, I want Emmy to go over to AEW for several months and have time to build something out. And like, hopefully, they, if they use her, right? If they do stuff yeah. with her. Yeah. If they don't do stuff with her, keep her here. Um, yeah. But if they're going to use her and, and have her doing stuff, then yeah, I want her to be there for a few months so maybe she can build up a storyline or mm. something like that. You know, it's tough. I can understand AEWs sometimes. You know, I, I, I I don't watch AEW so much these days, but I used to watch it a lot back in the first year, especially when they had a lot more uh, Joshi on it. When they had, you know, back in the day, they'd have Yuka Sakazaki, they'd have mm -hmm. Emi, they'd have Riho, they have Shoko Nakajima, you know, they'd have all these, uh, and they'd have Nyla Rose in the mix with them. And like, they were, un you know, Nyla had a lot of experience uh, in like TJPW and stuff beforehand. Um, so like, I thought the AEW women's division was at its best at that, in those early stages. Um, so you know hopefully you know they'll they'll start to move back in that direction and if that's the case i'm excited for emmy going back um so yeah so i'm going to keep a positive uh, outlook on it absolutely um one person who you know i wasn't expecting to see in the wider choco pro gato move verse uh rocked up at the most recent bucket gaijin now the episode came out in between our recording and it going live so we didn't get to talk about it last month but I feel like we have to bring this up. Uh, a certain doctor rocked up at Bakagaijin Volume 11. And I'm not talking about Dr. Gore. Uh, it's a British doctor uh, who doesn't wear pants and is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. rocked up, and uh, I was not expecting this at all. Uh, the, the thing I loved most about this uh, was... Uh, Haku, who was doing the filming and commentary for this episode, he normally stays put. Like, he doesn't move from his post. I did notice him moving around uh, a little bit in this, in the first match that uh, he rocked up in. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. And they got a good shot of uh, Honda getting a knee injury and sort of calling for a doctor. Where he was standing to film this was where the wrestlers come out. So you don't get to see Zach until the very last moment. What you do get to see is everyone's reactions. And it is like, I, I watched it and I've, I've re-watched this particular thing probably about four or five times because I love seeing everyone's reactions like in the front row as they spot Zach. 
you know, there's a couple of people who spot straight away, a couple who don't realize straight away, the sudden like rush of where's my phone, I need to get this on camera. It's just the perfect thing. Full credit to Haku for capturing this. Full credit for Chris for managing to acquire this particular doctor who's got a very busy schedule. And full credit for Zach um, doing this in what I can only assume was his wrestling gear. Uh, you don't really get to see it because he's fully jacking it up. But very special moment. This is now the second New Japan wrestler to make an appearance at uh, Bakugaijin. Who knows if we get a third or fourth? You know, I've got my theories on who might show up after these two, but just one of the best moments from Bakugaji in recent memory for me. Yeah, I guess there's the second, right? Uh, the first mm. one, I don't know if he did he actually appear on the stream throughout? Like, could you actually see his face? The first uh, one? You couldn't see his face on stream. You see him do the CR2, which is a very El Fantasmo finishing move and the crowd kind of gave it away that this wasn't just some random person behind mm. it was only in the post like the the photos taken by fans and videos that you realize for sure who it was uh, Zach, shadow was <laughs> yes zach was a little more obvious for yeah. one thing he wasn't wearing a full body suit to try and hide things uh and like yeah you saw his face on this one but yeah, two two New Japan guys. Um, you weren't at this one, unfortunately. That's a hell of no, a. No, I was. I was not at the show itself. I was just at the after kind of party drinking mm. time. Yeah, and uh, but so I was at the after party uh, time, and uh, <laughs> there were a lot of comments about Zach, specifically his legs. Uh, a lot of fans <laughs> of Zach's legs. Well, someone yeah, he I know, was uh, not hiding. Someone I know took a checky. So you know, they do the checkies. Uh, uh, the selfies, or you know, you could take a photo together with the wrestler, mm -hmm. or you could take the wrestler by himself. And uh, someone I know literally they wanted a checky, the checky they they paid for the checky, like here's a thousand yen to buy this photograph of Zach. And like, okay, well, what, how would you like to get in the photo? He's like, no, I, she's like, I just want a picture of his legs, and it's literally just a Polaroid picture of Zach's legs, like the, 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 the you know, like from you know, maybe the knees down because he's wearing yeah. the gown, right? But you can see that, like, hospital gown and his knees down. And, like, it's hilarious. I'm like, this is your photo of Zach? And you're like, yep, it's great, isn't it? And I was, That's pretty good. <laughs> Did like, Zach yeah, he has really nice legs. Like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. It's so funny. And the funny thing is the other fans were actually jealous of that great idea, apparently. <laughs> it's like... Well Surely you can buy two checkies, one for the face, one for the legs, and then sort of put you them could, on top of could. each other and build a full Zach. You could. Yeah. yeah I, I enjoyed this show. I also want to give a shout-out to Shunma Katsumata. I thought, you know, he, I've seen him a little bit in death matches and stuff prior to this show. Uh, he's had some good stuff with Suzu Suzuki. Uh, I really enjoyed his match with uh, Mecha Mami and Dr. Ueki. That was a really fun little match too. And Lego, I think, was introduced to Arena Shima Kitazawa for the first time, which is always a bit of a, I don't want to say scary deathmatch tool, but I think everyone, like, not everyone can relate to like a light tube being broken over your head or being thrown to a table. Everyone knows the pain of stepping on a Lego. So mm. uh, it's a very fitting deathmatch weapon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree everybody can look at that and be like oh yeah the, the idea like if we just think if someone just thinks ah stepping on a lego going down the stairs at night is like you know like the the joking like way like to die right yeah <laughs> it, it's it's a very real experience uh, yeah after, thing... after the show shunma like you know we're all just hanging out uh drinking and whatever hanging out together afterwards shunma had a giant bandage on his head a bloody mm. bandage that was still like 
just hanging out drinking like you know you shouldn't be drinking if you have active bleeding coming out of your head Shinma. i feel like every deathmatch wrestler ignores that uh, warning i would imagine blood loss yeah. eh? let's have another drink <laughs> uh basically further news in the world of ghetto move and choco pro uh, mesa ruga is appearing at lucha fiesta which is happening on february 25 Obviously, CMLL doing quite a bit in Japan at the moment with the Fantastic Mania tours. This is kind of their opportunity to do something a little bit different, a little bit special, and get more of the women of the show on. Obviously, they're appearing, I think February 17, they're doing a show with some of the stardom wrestlers at Fantastic Mania, but this is kind of their own little thing that's happening at Shinkiba First Ring. And May Saruga uh, is the two people she's facing, and I will apologize, I'm not super familiar with them. I need to watch more Lucha in general, is uh, Luvia. And La Jarochita, I am probably butchering those, just I have been doing the Japanese uh, pronunciations as well. More excitingly for me, though, is that May's teaming with Unagi Sayaka, which is someone for a long time I've wanted to see enter the Choco Gatto verse. This is kind of, I would say, her first step into that world, maybe. Uh, May can get in her ear and we get the eel in Ichigaya at some point, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting because I think uh, Unagi is a very big personality. Uh, May is a very big personality. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both uh, quite the character, you know, in their in their matches. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how those two work together, uh, if if they work together well or if they, you know, don't work together so well. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there, it's going to be interesting to see and like who's. I mean, in my mind, you know, May's already proven herself to be a pretty big star in uh, in mm. Mexico. They seem to love her in Mexico. Um, and I'm sure Unagi's going to also be loved in Mexico. But we'll see how the match goes and who gets the shine, if you will. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 of course, am the a big proponent of May Saruga. Um, mm. But, yeah, like, I think it's it's exciting. I Who knows? Maybe it could lead to something with Unagi and, and Ichigaya, but I have no idea. You know, there's always... Again, in the the freelancer world of wrestling in Japan, there's a lot. You know, it's not always so easy as uh, "Hey, come wrestle here." Okay, sure. You know, there's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. There's you know red tape and things like that, just like anything else. So who knows? But it is uh, it is interesting. It definitely makes mm. people wonder. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll go well. Hopefully uh, something more can be built out of it. Who knows? I could definitely see it leading to maybe the Kirk and Hall show. Like maybe they can't get her for an Ichigaya. Yeah, I mean, Unagi's a big draw. You know, like she mm. she did a Korokan show herself with sold the, out in all Japan and sold out Korokan. So, you know, um, I don't think you know she sold out on her own, but like I no, no, you know she single handedly her show. If, um, if Jay White sold out Madison Square Garden, Unagi Sayaka sold out Kirk and Hall. Okay, sure. It wasn't effective. <laughs> Didn't she have like Minoru Fujita? I mean, I mean Minoru Suzuki. Uh, didn't she have June as well? Uh, yes, she had Monkey. June, she had Suzuki, so she, she, had she had a lot of she she pulled in. Well, let's be, I mean, but yeah, she did a good job. She called in Massive heavy hitters, she pulled in some of her friends. She's really good at networking and she 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 called in it, but it was strangely, it wasn't, it was mostly calling in big male wrestler names, right? Not as more she got Konami and she got Takumi Aroha, which yeah, for, for like the big. freelance scene is not yeah, as big as you can get, but it's a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe in future she can get Sari once she's assessed her 
Yeah. So now we'll see what uh what Emmy does. Of course, with mm-hmm. Emmy, there's more of it's a Gato move show, so it's gonna be more Gato move centered. But I think Emmy Sakura, you know, she could also call it a lot of you know, as much as Unagi Sayaka seemed apparently has some pull. I'm pretty sure we we know Emmy has more pull. <laughs> so, I think that Kurokin show is gonna be very special with the uh, talent that rocks up. Yeah, I could see mm-hmm. that too, one hundred percent. I mean. Who knows? Maybe even Emmy could be like, "Hey Tony, can I borrow so and so?" I feel like Riho's got to be borrowed. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, Riho will definitely anymore. be on the show. I mean, yeah. Riho has to be right. It's it's a got to yeah. move first core Ken in like I think I was talking to uh, Ken and I think the last time. Gato Move did Korokan was like 2015, 2016 or something like that. Maybe they did those two years. Yeah. Um, But they haven't, or maybe it was either 2015, 2016 or 2016, 2017. One of those two, but it hasn't been since then. So it's been a very long time since they've been in Korokan. So I think they're going to call back to that and and pay pay some homage to those, to the, to the roots. Yeah, I reckon it should be good either way. There's my Um, ultimate dream. Okay. What would be your dream for something to happen at the Korokan show? Uh, I think Whether I it's like a guest this, showing up or, or something like that. I think I mentioned it last month, but I would love to see May beat Emmy for the uh, Super Yeah, we did talk about it last month, yeah. Uh, yeah mine's actually, just for Lulu Pencil to show up. Exactly. Lulu, I mean, Pencil, that's, Lulu Pencil showing up is my ultimate. <laughs> that, that is definitely a bit of a, a dream situation. One Or Lulu and Unimon. I'm going to even more dream it. Lulu and Unimon both show. And Mitsuru. Well, I'm pretty sure they'll all be there, like Mitsuru. And then maybe not Unimon because she's stardom. Uh, Unimon but, will be like, interesting because obviously the stardom connection. And now with like over the past month, we've had Rossi kicked out of uh, stardom. My first thought was maybe Ro- not necessarily wrestling, but I could see Rossi showing up to the oh, show. Rossi wrestling, yeah, Rossi totally is going to be in the main event wrestling. <laughs> he'll he'll unveil himself as the true final boss, but like there could be a bit of awkwardness, like Bushi Road with Unamon and Rossi now not being ar- around with Stardom. But we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, the show Rossi itself came with uh, with uh, uh, what you call it. Uh, uh, Kevin and uh, uh, fucking uh, Azumi. Uh, Rossi came along with them, so he was at yeah. the last show. I so, mean, we know Rossi and Emmy's got a bit of a history themselves. Yeah, so Rossi's like... Rossi's been on Choco Talks with Emmy mm-hmm. a couple times. So. Yep. And and we got Emmy appearing at Dream Cinderella back in 2021 at Rigo with the best entrance ever in that Rumble. All of the uh, all of the team there. That was a fantastic showing. Um, one final bit of things that's sort of been happening, which I think is worth mentioning on the February 3 show, Choco Pro 355, uh, Mesa Ruga faced Nanoka Seto in a singles match. I, I felt like this was uh, Nanoka's best match. Uh, mm. and, you know, oh, she'd been doing really well, but this felt like a big step up for her. And hopefully, a sign of things to come. I thought was just worth quickly mentioning and giving her her props where it's due. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I agree a hundred percent. I think anyone who disagrees would be crazy. Um, I, I do think that it was, it felt like a level up to Nonoka uh, for me. Like it felt like that next step, you know, like, you know, we're, I, I still don't know if she's ready to win that first match yet, but like, it felt like it, like it felt like, okay, she's ready to win a match. She's, mm-hmm. she's, you know, you know, of course she's still in her rookie kind of phase, but she didn't feel like a rookie in that match. She felt like she's leveled up and like, no, I can fight you on a kind of a equal basis. Right. Mm. Uh, May still having the advantage of course, but you know, that is the ACE of, of the company. So 
I thought that was an amazing, amazing match. They put on a great performance. It was a long match. It was entertaining. It was really good. It, yeah, nothing but praise for for both May and Nonoka on that match. Uh, and they did it in a way that was believable as well. It wasn't like, oh, they're just giving her a, No, like it felt like she's going for May. Like it was really, really good. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. It was really good to see. Um, very happy to see Nonaka doing so well in that match and them giving her that that space. Um, yeah, outstanding. More of that, please. <laughs> Hopefully, sign of things to come. We're going to start to wrap up this episode of Choco Cast, but before we do, of course, we've got to shout out our sponsor who... I mean, apparently we have our sponsor for this month. I'm not even going to change the name. Melty Kiss have been shouted out so much already. There's no point trying to pretend like there's a different name. You mean Kelty Miss, Kelty Miss. There we go. Okay. Kelty Miss uh, moment of the month. Uh, mine is from that same episode and basically from that same match, uh, February 3, Choco Pro 355. Before May and uh, Nanoka wrestled, May came out. They always do their little intro spiel. And she goes, today is Japanese something it's very difficult to understand and there's a very awkward pause as may looks around and i noticed she even looked demon day <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a specific event that happens in japan but like at the time everyone was kind of confused she looked at you kind of looking for an answer uh you you don't help her at all you know so well, i said a demon you know but it was a little bit late <laughs> yeah. and then she and after the long pause she goes i search on google that is google translate i'm not wrong uh it absolutely a- me up. Oh. <laughs> it, it took me a little while to realize what she was talking about. And as she kept talking, she mentioned like the beans being thrown, which is, uh, as she as said, Sespatum, uh, which is celebrating the day before spring turns on the old calendar. Uh, it means seasonal divide. And part of the celebrations is they throw beans to uh, ward off evil spirits and bring good fortune. This happens on February 3. And like over the course of the main event match with CDK and in the post-match stuff, you get some very sort of examples of throwing beans to ward off the evil spirits. Uh, Emmy had the o- Omi mask as well at the time. So it was, it was a great little combination, built up to everything perfectly. But her incredulousness, where it's like, I searched this on Google Translate. I am right. Don't act confused. was just pure wonder and that was it an easy winner for me even over zach saber as my uh, kelty miss moment of the month what about you jeff yeah that was really charming right and, and she's correct you know like yeah demon right this uh, it's a uh, oni in japanese like it's basically like the data kind of chase away the oni and oni the, the the most direct translation would probably be demon right what we yeah. just think of um although... i thought she was shouting out the gorillas album demon days but oh no <laughs> <laughs> no um but yeah so sets i forgot that it was setsubun on that day because i i thought about it a week earlier and mm-hmm. i literally saw in the convenience store like a little thing of beans and, and one of the little like paper masks for the oni and i actually took a photo of it with my phone so i wouldn't forget i was like oh i should buy one of those later and i should wear that because my plan is oh maybe i'll wear that when i'm in the audience so i was mm-hmm. in the whole show i'll just wear this paper demon mask thing and it might be funny um but I totally forgot about it as the day came, you know. Uh, but you know, there was one uh, Gotha Move had that exact mask, so yeah. I, I ended up having it for post-show photos and stuff. Um, but yeah, you know what? I'm gonna pull my moment in there as well, and I'm not sure if the camera caught it or they probably couldn't have caught it as perfect. But like after that match, uh, as Chris Brooks was like laying on the ground, he had like the he had the little um, little cup, little wooden box of the beans. 
and uh as like may and sakura and like uh obi and people were like kind of going out he was laying on the ground and he was like throwing beans at them and i don't know how but like literally laying on his back and seemingly with his eyes closed or at least half closed this dude was like a sniper like from his back just laying like boom Threw beans right in Emmy Sakura's face, like boom, bounced off her face. I was like, "What?" And then, boom, straight into May's face. I'm like, "This dude is like got the accuracy of a sniper down here with these beans." And he was just pegging everybody in the face with beans as they were walking out. As like as they go, pop beans to the face. Pop, and they're angered, like I can't do anything. I'm already getting shuffled out. <laughs> it was like it was the funniest thing I ever saw. It was absolutely perfect. Um, later in the evening, uh, or later after the show, I I threw a couple beans at Chris, and uh, he ate the beans I threw at him. So I kind of ended up losing that encounter. But, uh, yeah, you're lucky you didn't get knocked off to the fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was it was really good. And and of course, uh, the other fun was uh, the post show. Uh, we all shared a, a you know for celebrating CDK's 100 mat match mm. in Dr. Move. Congratulations to CDK. Uh, we all shared a beer, a beer or highball or soda, depending what you had, um, or if you wanted one or the other. You know, we all shared a drink together, which was very nice. Um, usually, I don't drink beer, but in that type of moment, of course, I drink drink beer, so it was very good. Um, you to drink beer nice. in honor of CDK. Exactly, exactly. So like, oh, in this case, I have to drink beer. My friend Takanashi, who is a huge beer drinker and loves beer. Uh, sadly, she uh, she was handed a like a can of like uh, non-alcoholic drink, <laughs> so she was a little disappointed. Or maybe it was like some, maybe it was like one of the, the very low percentage ones. Mm. But uh, no, I think it was a non-alcoholic. I think it was like a soda or something. So she was all sad, and I was like, "Wow, that's funny because you drink a lot of beer." I if I had known, I would have given her my beer. But she was literally like as far away from me as possible. Like, yeah. I'm in this like corner window and she's literally like by the sink, which is like the farthest away. Uh, so, so she did not get the beer. <laughs> Unlucky. But yeah, I mean, just if you haven't seen that specific show, clearly go and watch it. Cause we've just listed about three or four things that happened from that show, which is our moment of the month. And of course, Nanoka Seto's match. So definitely go check that out. If you haven't already, you've got some homework. Cause obviously there's a uh, Emi Sakura's final matches coming up and then the green curry cup to pay attention to as well. The go-go green curry cop can cup. There we go. I, I didn't have it immediately in front of me and I didn't want to butcher it even more than I've already been butchering everything so far this episode. But that will bring a close to this episode of Choco Cast. Thank you very much for joining us. So as always, Jeff, where can they find you if they want to find you? Uh, the window of Ichigaya Chocolate Square, uh, usual a couple times, one to two times a week on the YouTube, uh, or they could search me on... Uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram. It's just Jeff Maziata. Um, yeah, so window is uh, non de plume. Is that what they call it? Non de plume. It's not part of my uh, official uh, handles. Uh, but maybe I'll change it. Maybe it'll soon be my official handles. I'll have to change my, my name to window Jeff on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so just Jeff Maziata on Twitter. Um, but please don't bother. Don't waste your time. It's not going to be interesting. You're much more, you'll be much better off by following Trent at his. So I'm going to pass it on over to Trent. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble last uh, month for calling you out on, oh, you're going to pass it off and not say it. And then you reeled everything off and made me feel very humble indeed. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at OneUpCulture. I have some stuff 
in the works, uh, including some Choco Pro Gatto Move stuff that hopefully be coming out soonish. Got to try and get all that sorted. Uh, you can find me with more podcast stuff, Ocean Cyclone Show on the Wrestling Podcast Network and Stardom Road on the Count Out Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Following me this month on Twitter, you might get some bonus content because I will be going to Japan. I'm recording this uh, the week before I head off. Uh, I will be going to a Choco Pro. You probably won't spot me. Uh, I'm not going to be in a window Jeff position, but it's it's Choco Pro is going to move. You never know where the camera's going to go. I will be there for a show and some other stuff. I'll be posting about my Japan adventures, wrestling and non-wrestling related. So give it a check out, you know. Hopefully you can live vicariously. Hey, you're also going to be going to Baka Gaijin. Don't forget about that as well. That's awesome. I, I will indeed be going to Bucca Gaijin. Uh, I mentioned a couple of months ago when we were doing like what we want from 2024, I wanted to get to a Bucca Gaijin show. Uh, I'm fulfilling that nice and early. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening as always. Be sure to check out our other podcasts on the Wrestling Podcast Network and be sure to join us next month where there'll be more news and reviews from the Gatto Move world, including my trip in Japan because one person being able to talk about their experiences in person is not enough so i'm gonna make it too uh but wait until I, next... my, plan, my plan was like when you're here i don't have to go what wait huh no 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 i'm forcing you you've got to be there we've got we've got to have the 360 experience you, you can't escape me in person i won't allow it but until then see it believe it we are choco cast <laughs>